Once upon a time there was a lovely podcast, but it had an enchantment upon it of a fearful sort which would only be broken by a reviewing of classic films of quality. It was locked away in the internet, guarded by a pair of terrible cinephiles. Many brave movies had attempted to free it from its dreadful prison, but none prevailed. It waited in that awful place for a classic movie of true exceptionalism to set it free. Like that would ever happen. Ogres are like onions. They stink. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, it's fairly simple. I started to do the intro to the other show. Wait a minute. (laughs) Everything's becoming mixed up in my head. Oh, God. Okay, ready? We'll do it again. Ready? Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I'm Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, I hurt inside. Oh, Jason. I Honey. hurt inside my brain part. Steve, tell you know, me what I, movie we're doing. I can't. I, I, I hate to say this, but you did choose this. I, you, you're supposed to help me when I you start making this. bad, hurtful decisions, man. <laughs> well, okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll make the, uh, the introduction. It's, okay, it's, you we're, do we're, it. We're, we're, we're reviewing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're reviewing a little film from 2001, an animated feature from DreamWorks, Mm-mm. titled Shrek. That's right, everybody. The, the Max Shrek biopic. <laughs> Stop. They took some liberties. It's not quite true to life. <laughs> That's For right. Instance, the real Max Shrek did not ever actually fight a dragon. We're doing that classic CG animated children's movie that will live on forever in ages, right? Because there's oh, nothing it, in it that'll date it and pin it down nope. to the exact year that it was released, right, Steve? Not at all. Not at all. It's basically like The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's timeless. It's timeless. <laughs> it's timeless. Timeless piece of crap. Oh, now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah, we're doing Shrek. Isn't that great? Hey, everybody. <laughs> If you guys are like me, and you think like me, and you're about my age, and you watch this movie in preparation for this, please don't blame me. I'm sorry, okay? You you knew what you were signing up for when you started listening to this podcast. (laughs) They knew what they were getting when they bought their tickets. I say, let them crash. (laughs) If you you only knew how often I I make that reference just in everyday life, almost every week. Closely, this I have no idea how the two of us managed to meet because we do this all the time. <laughs> I make that joke. I made it when my wife and I were going to the grocery store the other day. I made that joke. I said, "I said they they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into." I say, "Let them crash." For those of you who do not know what we're talking about, stay tuned for our eventual late season review of the classic comedy Airplane. Yes, starring Leslie Nielsen in his greatest dramatic role. What? Listen, as Steve and Jason struggle to try to make fun of a movie <laughs> that is actively making fun of itself. Yeah, right. I don't really know what we're supposed to do here. <laughs> that will be the one where we just do a straight review. No jokes. 
we we do we parse it down. It's, yeah. Well, culturally, I think what Airplane is actually stating is that uh, American society as a whole is <laughs> largely satirical in nature. And <laughs> well, we this is that's what we do the Roger Ebert like live commentary. Where, and pause it here, and we see in this frame, this is where a woman with large breasts has entered the frame <laughs> and is jiggling them up and down. That's and then right. she exits to frame right. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think that scene meant, Steve? I think it meant that uh, the Abrams brothers like women with uh, big jugs. <laughs> they find that inherently amusing. Uh, hey, guys, you know when we have watched a movie that neither, you know, one of us really want to uh. face a second time, we usually go into these weird tangents that have absolutely zero to do with the movie we're supposed to review? They're Guess what we about just a totally did. different movie. Yeah. <laughs> We start talking yeah. about movies that we like. So mm. we're going to yell on our feet to the floor. We're going to do it. Yeah, okay, we got Steve, to. Yep, yep, do yep. you have any trivia that you want to share about Shrek? I have a little, but it's going to hurt. <laughs> I can't wait. Go for and it, it, Steve. And it, it'll, it'll, it, it, it will hurt. It depends on how you look at it, which way it will hurt. But I think no matter which way you approach it, it's it has to hurt. And you okay. probably know you probably know this already. But uh, for those <laughs> for for those of you who are listening, um, this movie was based on a book, and Steven Spielberg bought the rights, the film rights to the book, like right around the time when the book was published in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he was originally going to produce Shrek as a a, a traditional animated movie, mm -hmm. uh, hand drawn animation. That's right. And the original cast. Back in the early 90s, when the film was being developed, was to feature as Shrek, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. And as Donkey, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, yeah. So, again, it depends on how you look at it, which way that hurts. You can either look at it as, oh, this movie would have been so much better with Bill Murray and Steve Martin. It hurts that we got this movie. Or you could say, oh my God, Bill Murray and Steve Martin were almost in this movie. And then you yeah. hurt that way. So I either we could way have said that about Bill Murray and Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Like you said, the the line about the producer dropping him off, you know, that's the truest line in the movie. Hey, got a ride from the... I know the producer. I only have one bit of trivia for this fucking movie. Please. This movie was made out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, granted, it was in development for a long time before Jeffrey Katzenberger got his egotistical, grubby hands all over it. Okay, now here's the deal with Jeffrey Katzenberger. He worked at Disney, and he kind of oversaw the Disney Renaissance with the Little Mermaids and your Beauty and the Beastesses and all of them other movies. And a few people, a lot of people blame Roy Disney, but uh, a few people went, hey, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberger's taken a lot of credit for the success of these movies like a lot more credit than maybe he should be taking mm -hmm. whether that's right or wrong I don't know what I do know is that the success of a film depends on a large number of people and not one just one big bald fuck stick who walks in and says I'm, I'm, my name's the executive producer and I'm great so they fucking fired him they fired him and let him go they kicked <laughs> him out on his ass and he was a little bitter, and while he was there, and this is uh, kind of a rumor, but it also kind of is true, he <laughs> saw all of the movies that Pixar had had um, planned, because they write those movies years ahead of time, and they have them right. in development for years before they actually start actual production. So he got to see what movies they were planning on, on making, and he saw, oh, Monsters, Inc. is going to be in this one, they got this one about fish that they're thinking about doing, and that, <laughs> I mean, no, work. honestly, Finding Dory was, we're going to do this thing about 
Dorfrush, and yeah. <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be. And he took them all, and then he went over to Steven Spielberg and goes, my butt hurts, I want a job. And he said, take over for DreamWorks Animation. And he's like, great. And here, take Shrek. And he's like, great. And then he got into it. And um, I'm not saying that he's the reason why Shrek is the way it is. There are a number of reasons why Shrek is the way it is. We'll find out more about that when we get into the who made it. Mm-hmm. But there is a deep underlying spitefulness in this film that is unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Towards a particular production company, whether mm-hmm. that's justified or not, do not make movies out of spite. <laughs> Please? Just, a, just as a general rule. Yeah. If you expect people to buy tickets and go see your movies, try yeah. to keep your, your personal axes out of it as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> And with that done, let's see the. Let's go to the Who Made It. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. It was directed by Ad, Andrew Adamson and Vicky Jensen. Andrew Adamson wrote. Oh no, I didn't write. He went on to direct the Chronicles of Narnia. Yay! Ah, what a. We're still talking about those movies. Oh boy, are we, those Steve? Time, timeless classics. Surely they will stand for all all of the ages as sterling examples of American cinema. Definitely not a Lord of the Rings reaction movie. <laughs> We're like, quick, what what fucking fairy how, stuff do we got? How, how dare you even suggest such a thing? No. And uh, Vicky Jensen, who uh, also directed a later DreamWorks film, Shark Tale. Oh. Did you ever see Shark Tale, Steve? Uh, another classic. No, yeah. I never saw Shark Good Tale. Good for no. fucking you. It is such <laughs> a... That is the movie that when he saw, oh, they're making find, Finding Nemo, right? And yeah. Finding Nemo is a beautiful movie uh, with a great story, fantastic characters, attention to detail. And Shark Tale is about black people playing fish who run a car wash underwater. Well, that sounds nice. Also a shark. <laughs> <laughs> And a mob. The sharks are in a... Guys, if you've seen Shark Tale, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, we hurt for you. Mm Mm-hmm. It was produced by the aforementioned Jeffrey Katzenberger, Aaron Warner, and John H. Williams. It was written by Ted Elliott, Terry Rossio, Joe Stillman, and Roger S.H. Schulman. Four people. Yeah. It took four people to write all the fart and ass jokes. Oh, in this children's film. <laughs> and as as we have said a few times before, it's never a good sign. There are two credits where if there's more than two <laughs> or three names, it's writing and editing. If there's a, a whole screen full of names for either mm-hmm. of those credits, you can start to wonder if maybe this isn't going to be so good. Based on Shrek by William Stieg. As he mentioned, it was a kid's book. I yeah. don't think it bears any resemblance to the movie that wound up on screen. <laughs> No, Other I than there's imagine. an ogre in it. Yeah. <laughs> Starring! Mm. Everybody's favorite comedian now, right, Steve? Everybody. He's a legend. He's a legend, and he deserves to be. He's a legend for something. Oh. Mike Myers as oh. Shrek. Now, Mike was not hired originally for this movie. It was Chris Farley who had completed 80 to 90% of the dialogue, and then Chris made a very bad uh, career decision and fucking died. So yeah. that'll I mean that'll just tank your career right there. Yeah. So uh, instead of like maybe casting a voice alike to finish up the rest of the dialogue since there was only about 10 to 20% of it, they decided we'll throw all of it out and we'll cast someone else. Now, do you remember do you know who they wanted to cast originally before Chris Farley? I don't know. Nick Cage. <laughs> oh wait, yes, I have heard this. Yes, and and Nick Cage didn't want 
Because he, he, he didn't. I don't want to be associated with an ogre. With, yeah, he thought that kids would see him as an ogre, and that really <laughs> well, bothered guess what, him Nick? for some reason. <laughs> it was unavoidable. Um, here's some more fun stuff about Mike yeah. Myers. Um, he got in, and when he got in, he insisted on a complete rewrite of the script because he wanted to distance himself from what Chris Chris Farley had done, even though no one had heard what Chris Farley had done. <laughs> he wanted to make his completely different because, unless I haven't covered this before, Mike Myers is an egotistical piece of shit who shouldn't have a career. Oops, oh, did I say oh, that? <laughs> oh, boy, just come right out with it. I fucking hate his guts. Hey, I really come on do. now. He's had one or one good ideas. <laughs> Um, so he insisted on a rewrite. They let him have it. They completely rewrote all of the dialogue. Then they recorded it. He recorded it in his normal voice. And then he came back in and insisted that they re-record the entire fucking, all of everything. This was after they started animating it. He said, I want to redo all of my dialogue in a Scottish accent. Why? Fuck, I'm Mike Myers. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Because he likes doing a Scottish voice. That's the, that's the only reason that makes any sense. The reason that he preferred, that he offered out was, oh, because that's, my mother used to read me children's stories when I was a child and I wanted to do it. And then they said, okay. And then they listened to it and they said, yeah, it's good. And then they said, okay, it'll only cost us $4 million to redo it all. No problem. Sure. And of course, Mike Myers says, though, that wasn't $4 million. And besides, it made it everything better. And everybody, this is literally, he said this in public, because everyone thought it was good. And even Steven Spielberg said it was the greatest thing ever. Fuck you. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if he said that before or after he We're saw We're doing the, the Love Guru this year, Stephen. I swear to fucking God, I'm going to get everything about Mike Myers that I fucking hate out in that show, I swear. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I mean, for that, not for the movie. <laughs> no, no one's but, looking for it. But first of all, we have to see if rage. anybody's carrying it. If anybody even has it. Probably have to buy it from some guy on the street. Like, hey, buddy, you want yeah. I got the love guru. <laughs> we'll hit up estate sales for lonely bachelors. That is weapons-grade bad movies. When we want to hurt a culture, we we, hear, we drop the love guru down from, from the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was just one person in the cast. Oh Let's keep going. We have going. more. We have more. Eddie Murphy's donkey. Hey, remember when Eddie Murphy was an edgy comedian? Oh, boy, <laughs> I just barely do. I think I was about three the last time that was true. Yeah, now he's a donkey. Yeah. Cameron Diaz, remember when she was super hot? Yeah. Yeah, she plays Princess Fiona. Yeah. You know who they originally cast? Who? Janine Garofalo. Oh, I, yeah, you know what? I heard that, too. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they, she, they apparently they never gave her a reason why they fired her? No, they her. just fucking fired her. <laughs> we don't want you anymore. This one hurts. This one hurts. Yeah, yeah, I know. John Lithgow as Lord Farquaad. Yep. John Lithgow. John, uh, I know you'll do things for work, buddy. It's okay. I don't blame you. You didn't know. He's you're like in, America's... You were in the booth for like a day. <laughs> he's, he's like America's Michael Caine. <laughs> okay. Vincent Cassell as Monsieur Robin Hood. I'll deal with that when I get to him. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some things to say about that. Conrad Vernon as Gingerbread Man, Chris Miller as Geppetto and the Magic Mirror, Cody Cameron as Pinocchio and the Three Little Pigs, Simon J. Smith as the three jokes that shouldn't be made in this day and age, I'm sorry, (laughs) the three blind mice, Christopher Knights as the three blind mice, and Thelonious. 
Aaron Warner as Big Bad Wolf. A lot of these are only one. That guy had one word. Yeah. One Why, word. Yeah. Like the guy who did the mice couldn't come up with a voice to do the wolf's one <laughs> the line. Bo- one line of what? Yeah. Um, Kathleen Freeman as old woman. <laughs> Andrew Addison, Adamson as Deluke mascot. Bobby Block as baby bear from the three bears. Again, one line. Yep. Michael Galasso as Peter Pan. One line. Alyssa Gabrielli as additional voices. So she probably is like the bulk of everybody else in the movie. <laughs> music by, and I do mean the originally composed music, Harry Gregson Williams and John Powell. Edited by Sim Evans Jones. Sim. Oh my god! I I, I think a computer programmed edited Is, this movie. Was this it? Was this edited by an artificial intelligence? That's not a human name. <laughs> it's Call it's me and, and it's and it, it has a hyphen. It, it has a hyphenated last name, so it's yeah, a no. Briti- it's a British computer program. It's Sim Evans Jones. <laughs> Production company PDI DreamWorks, distributed by DreamWorks Pictures, release day May 18th, 2001, running time 90 minutes, budget $60 million. Box office, $484.4 million. Yes. Well, before we get started, I do want to bring up one last bit of anger. Yes. <laughs> This came out the first year that the Academy Awards scared <laughs> that a movie like Beauty and the Beast could technically win Best Picture, and they never want that to happen again, decided to create their own Best what Animated Feature. Yes. Right? I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. I'm bringing this up. Yes. Now, there were a number of movies that were nominated that year. Somehow, this one got nominated alongside the infinitely better Monsters, Inc. Yes. Guess which one won? <laughs> Why, it was Shrek, was it not? It couldn't possibly have been the movie that was produced by the incredibly well-connected and moneyed Jeffrey Katzenberg, no, could it? that's... I don't like where you're going with that. Uh, where am I going? To Truth Town? You, Come just, on! <laughs> I, I can't believe you're, you're implying that the Oscars might not entirely be just about the merit of the films. Uh, when was the last time you ever felt that? <laughs> I knew the fucking thing was rigged for the first time I saw it when I was five. When when ordinary people won the year I was born, I somehow <laughs> knew. Really? Raging Bull didn't win? Really? I was, yeah, I was Raging, one. Raging Bull did not win. But you couldn't ask four people about ordinary people, could you? No. Nope. Or, ordinary people have no idea what that movie is. <laughs> like, what? What, what, what? That sounds exciting. Ordinary people. That's right. This movie won the Academy Award for Best Feature Length animated movie the first, first one. ever so first ever so it shrek this movie holds that honor and, and you know uh, what considering the shape of the uh, of of the uh, whatever the name of the fucking people who give out the oscars are the academy of motion picture arts and sciences thank you steve yes, that group of fuckheads i think it's <laughs> i think it's perfect i think it's perfect if you ever want to point to someone and say if someone says hey what is that group all about just point to shrek and say that one for best animated yeah. feature like and, and and think about this think about this because that's been one of uh, the, the the movie <laughs> that won the second best animated feature oscar the, the following year was spirited away so they went from Shrek uh-huh. to Spirited Away. That's like yeah. saying, oh, Amadeus won Best Picture this year. What won last year? Oh, it was Porky's. <laughs> I mean, that's not... 
it's not a very consistent category, you know? Hey, Porky's is an entertaining film. What do you want? It's entertaining, yeah. <laughs> but is it best picture entertaining? No. <laughs> All right, let's get this shit show on. Let's, let's go. Come let's on. get let's through this. Yeah. It. Come we... on, Steve. Let's go okay. into... Let's... Uh-huh. Let's not. I don't. Uh, no story to tonight, know. Mama. I don't want you to read me a bedtime story you tonight. You sit Ma. there it's and like, listen. No, Mama. I'm leaving. Shut up. <laughs> Let's snuggle into our blankets. Let's have the cruel woman who reads us awful stories before we go to bed <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Take us into the fairy tale world of Shrek. Oh, Steve. Yes. Do it. Well, I hope you enjoy big belly laughs because boy, there's such a <laughs> there's such a hilarious joke at the beginning of this movie. Well, See how what does they it do start? is what they do is there's we, we a storybook opens mm-hmm. and we oh, hear just this, like them Disney movies. Yeah, but no, shoo, shoo, shoo. oh, <laughs> a storybook opens like this and movie. and. And, and we hear this gentle Scottish accented voice say, you know, once upon a time there was a lovely princess, but mm. she was enchanted. Then she could only have this enchantment broken by love's first kiss. And they locked her away high in a castle guarded by a fire breathing dragon. And mm-hmm. though, though many knights had attempted to rescue her, none had succeeded. And she waited in the dragon's keep for her true love. Yeah. And true love's kiss. And then, okay, here comes the punchline now. Okay, what well, was... A big green hand reaches into the frame and tears out the last page of the book. And he says, like, that's ever going to happen. And then we cut to him walking out of an outhouse and we hear a toilet flushing. He just wiped his ass with the last page of the fairy tale he just read. Subtext. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is how our movie starts, everybody. Yep. yep. 30 seconds in, and we have a shit joke. Yep. A pointed shit joke. Yeah, oh targeted yeah. Targeted directly at Disney at Disney films. <laughs> Not one of them subtle shit jokes. Nope. <laughs> Where your main protagonist literally wipes his ass with a Disney opening. With a, with, exactly, exactly. And to make matters even worse, we immediately jump to a Smash, smash Mouth song. Oh, yeah. That's what. That's the music cue that tells you everything you're gonna need to know about this movie. We, this we, movie won an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature yep, Film. Yep, yep, but not for Best Soundtrack. <laughs> so uh, now, now what are we now? Now what we have? Well, uh, the, we do the credits in which he does a bunch of gross things, and we see his ass. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah, exactly. Like he brushes his teeth using caterpillar guts, uh-huh. and he he takes a shower in mud, and he's yeah. he's he's a big green ogre. This is Shrek. And then, he's okay, a big green it, ogre. Lives in a swamp. Then they show him taking a bath, and then he farts. Yeah, and, it, and one it kills minute a fish. in, <laughs> one minute in, we've had a shit joke and a fart joke, right? The the kids love that stuff. Then we have a burp joke. <laughs> yes, that's true. And then we get to see one of the major failings of the animation in this movie. <laughs> That's when we suddenly see people. Oh the yeah, people they, in the movie. They don't Steve. look su- they they don't look super peopley, do they? They they barely look like they're even animated puppets. They're ba- they don't look oh boy, they're not even in, near the uncanny valley. They're just like <laughs> <laughs> There are a few valleys over. They don't move like people, they don't look like people, they don't act like people. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, a bunch of people want to kill Shrek. And I'm like, let me get in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody to root for. 
yeah. they show up, they threaten him, he yells, they run away. Yep. Right? Yep. It's it's a pretty fairly simple uh, One of them, scene. Yeah. It says that they're collecting bounties on fairy tale creatures, right, Steve? Right. There yeah, there's a they they there's a wanted poster that says, you know, reward for fairy tale creatures, and Shrek just goes, Well, whatever, mm-hmm. and he kind of chucks it away. So we cut to this place where these guards are taking in fairy tale creatures, right? Yeah, yeah. Can I ask a question, Steve? Uh, yeah, man. Um uh-huh. in a land where these creatures exist? Mm-hmm. Would they be fairy tale creatures? That yeah, that, yeah. Or would they just be creatures? Creatures. <laughs> yeah, because like a cat's not a fairy tale creature. No, it's just, no. just it's just it's, an animal that exists. Now, if cats didn't exist in our world, but only in fairy tales, exactly, then it would be a fairy tale creature. I see where you're going with this. There is, there does seem to be a, a certain flaw in the internal logic is it of the film. Possible that the writers felt that we were so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, we wouldn't put that together for ourselves. <laughs> that we couldn't figure out all oh, these are fairy tale creatures. We needed to be told repeatedly about the fact that they're fairy tale creatures. Get it? Yeah, because otherwise because, we might forget. So in this, we see people going up and they get money for turning in their fairy tale creatures, and the first thing we see is Geppetto turning in <laughs> Pinocchio for money. Yeah, that's that warms your heart, doesn't it? Yeah, phew, that's funny watching uh, a man who des- so desperately wanted a child that he made one out of wood and then prayed to a pagan fairy to make him come back to life, <laughs> and then the boy saved him from the belly of a giant whale and he wept over his body. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, what, five pieces of silver? Fuck Come it, on. Why not just completely shit on one of perhaps my favorite Disney animated film? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Pinocchio some kind of beloved story, <laughs> right? <laughs> that generations of people grew up hearing as children. No, maybe we're reading too much into it, but maybe yeah. it's just like, well, fuck fatherly love. I think, I think, it, I mean, this is, we'll get more into this when we get to the review, but I think a lot of this would be more forgivable if it were funnier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like they just they, they they think the idea of oh, Geppetto selling out Pinocchio, and then that's that's as far as they take it. Yeah, for the most part, they don't really do anything funny with it. We see we see uh, baby bear of the three bears locked in a cage. Yeah, we see uh, what else? Oh, donkey donkey is supposed to be sold because he can talk. He's a talking. Yeah, we, I he, think there isn't there also a shot of the the, the seven dwarves being led away. Yeah, the yeah. seven dwarves are being led away and. Uh, but Donkey then gets uh, sprayed with pig, pig, uh, fairy dust, and he yeah. starts to fly. And if we didn't get that joke, just to make sure we got it, they made sure that there was a little redhead kid dressed exactly like Peter Pan yeah, saying he could fly. Yeah. Because we're that stupid. And, and also, apparently under the assumption that just having Eddie Murphy say words is inherently funny... <laughs> When Donkey starts to fly, not only does he... He doesn't just merely say, oh, I'm flying. He says, uh-huh. you may have seen a house fly, maybe even a super fly. Get but it? But you ain't never super seen fly. a donkey fly. Yeah, uh-huh. it's... Yeah. Cause, super fly, because blaxploitation references... <laughs> because because he, he's he's an African-American actor. Oh, I get it. I we get expect it. him to talk that way. Anyway, Donkey gets away, and he runs into Shrek, and then Shrek scares away the guards, and now yeah. they're best friends. Well, not really. Donkey's like, I'm going to talk. I'm just going to talk. I'm going <laughs> to talk all the time. I'm going to not stop talking. I'm going to follow you all the way back to your swamp. And then he tells him you can't sleep in the house, and he sleeps outside. 
man, I'm already tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So Shrek is eating his dinner, and uh, and there's sad music playing. Yeah, because he's all by himself. And we're supposed to feel things for these characters. Yeah, we're yes. supposed to feel things. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're supposed to Im- invest emotionally in these people. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. And so Shrek is eating, and he's all alone, and uh, he hears a noise, and he thinks it's the donkey, and he's like, hey, I told you to stay outside, but it's not donkey, it's actually, it's the, this is another really funny part, it's the three blind mice, and yeah, they're and bumping they, into shit because yeah, they can't see. they're falling see. over, and they got canes, and they're falling they, down, and it's like, blind people are funny. They have a, they have a physical disability that a affects yeah. the way they can get around and, in and the they're world. all it's cockney funny. for some reason <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah yep and then also and this is and then all of a sudden all of the fairy tale creatures start horning in on shrek's uh house yeah. space yeah like the seven dwarfs show up with snow white they push her coffin onto the table yeah and he's uh, like no get it out what are you doing yeah the big and this is where we see the big bad wolf and the big bad wolf is in shrek's bed and uh, mm-hmm. all, he, he goes outside and his yard is just full of all the fairy tale creatures yep. and it turns out that they have all been kicked off of their land lord mm-hmm. farquaad has a Evicted them from the kingdom, and they have nowhere else to go, so they wound up squatting on Shrek's property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything is ugly. Everything. Everything that is designed, even things that they wanted to be pretty, is fucking... It's just so ugly, Steve. I know. Everything top to bottom, there is, like, no character design, really. Nothing nothing striking. No. Nothing nothing pleasant. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, but... Shrek's like, who's, who's Antu here? They tell him. He's like, okay, I'm going to go have some words with that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. The donkey says, it's Lord Farquaad, and I know where he is, so uh, let's like, go okay. find him together. And I'm going to just keep talking. Great. Great. So now we cut to, I guess, a castle. Yeah. And we see Lord Farquaad. And hey, guys, guess what? He's short. He's really it? short. It's funny because he's short. Because short people are funny. Just like blind people are funny. Yeah, you don't you don't even have to really make jokes. Just continue hey to draw yeah, attention. Yeah, that's exactly what the writers were thinking. Why write jokes when we can just make someone short or make someone blind? <laughs> All we have to do is keep drawing attention to the fact that he is a short person, and that's, that's it's funny. It's funny, it's like yeah. And, and so he shows up and he's torturing a cookie man. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's co- he's torturing the gingerbread man because why? Uh, who uh-huh. knows? <laughs> What was he torturing him for again? I don't remember. Do you? Uh, was it important? I don't. Yeah, he he wants. Uh, I get. He it's something. He, he wants to. Oh, I know. He want. He wants. He he wants the gingerbread to tell him where the fairy tale creatures are hiding. I think. But they which, just arrested all the fairy tale creatures and I know. dumped them in front of Shrek's. I know. So yeah, maybe the writer should have read the script through anyway, before they the passed it along. Thing. They cut off his legs and were like, oh, that's funny. And yeah, then, they do and then, a muffin man thing. Yeah, which is just go. Oh. And then some guy shows up and he's like, "We found him. We found the mirror, mirror on the wall, mirror. You know, the mirror, mirror on the wall from Snow White." And uh, then he's like, "Hey, mirror, mirror on the wall. I want you to find a pretty girl for me to fuck." And he's then mirror, mirror is like, "Okay." And then we get a dating game reference. Yeah, and this is one of those bits where you they they give you they give you two real things and then a fake. Man 
made up thing, and yeah. so you know that the fake made up thing is going to be the one he picks because the 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 contestants on the mirrors dating game are Cinderella. We know he's not mm-hmm. going to go after Cinderella. Snow uh-huh. White. We know he's not going to mm-hmm. go after Snow White and Princess Fiona, which is the character they made up for this movie. And of course, Farquaad yeah. is just madly in love with Princess Fiona no, at first sight. Lord sec. Farquaad is a lord. Yes. He's not a prince. No, he's a lord. Why isn't he just king? Why doesn't he just make himself king? Because he has to get married first. According to who? I, according to the rule of law. What rule? Of fairy who, who's tale enforcing land. the rules? There's no one enforcing the fucking rules. There must be some kind of governing body that determines Dude, who gets to be a king. He has completely taken over the entire kingdom. <laughs> Well, but there must be, but the kingdom has to be a member. Maybe it's just a domain and a larger commonwealth. No, it's whatever. It doesn't <laughs> fucking make any sense. <laughs> Fuck you! How dare you? <laughs> anyway, um, then we get a dick joke when Shrek sees the castle. Yeah, yeah, because it and, sure is a big castle. You know yeah, what I'm saying? He's like, hey, he's compensating for something, and the little kids are like, "What did that mean, Daddy?" And Daddy's like, "Oh, it meant that he has a little tiny penis, like my penis, Daddy." Yeah, he has a little exactly. tiny boy penis. You should feel inadequate, son. Because <laughs> look, just eyes front, okay? I took you to see this fucking thing, and here you're talking through the whole thing. Just... Shut up. Do you want another fistful of Ritalin? <laughs> Sit there and shut up and laugh at the jokes. <laughs> Cost me ten bucks to get you in here. So now, uh, just in case we hadn't gotten it yet, the Katzenberg's got an axe to grind. Ah, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We see uh, Farquaad's little thing, and what he wants is everything to be perfect, and he doesn't like fairy tale creatures because he thinks they're gross and dirty yeah, and chaotic sure. or something. Yeah, I don't know. imperfect. And so uh, they've intentionally made his kingdom look like Disneyland. Yep, with the ropes for the rope line, you know, the velvet yeah, ropes for the in. line and everything. Yeah, the 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 turnstile. And, and it's supposed to be the happiest place on get it? The head's the happiest place on earth. It's perfect cuz fuck you, Katzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get this little puppet show that's supposed to be like it's a small world and you can make fun of it's a small world all you want cuz boy, that's a torture. <laughs> fucking oh my god do you know how long that ride is steve do you have I'm, any idea how long that ride is i'm gonna guess from your tone that it's pretty long it's forever <laughs> you go through every nation on earth <laughs> the song never stops it just never stops <laughs> But anyway, and then the little booth takes a picture of you at the end because Polaroid technology exists in this fairy tale tale world, right, Steve? Yeah, and and also again, it's inherently funny. Yeah, it's yeah because everyone gets it. Doesn't have Polaroid. to be a joke grounded in any kind of reality for the characters. It's just ha 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 ha. That's <laughs> funny, took a right? Picture just like uh, when we went to the fun place, the place with the rides. Yeah, because I'm sure all the kids in the audience just hate Disneyland and are yeah, totally on Shrek's side. Yeah, they fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> when he rolls his eyes at all of this, he's like, this is, this is this is just ridiculous, right? I'm sure the kids are like, yeah, Disneyland I'm surprised sucks. that when kids arrive at Disneyland, they just don't faint. I've seen kids get so excited walking into Disneyland. <laughs> they just look up at their parents completely straight-faced and go, I'm, and I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'm not leaving. Yeah. You're yeah. not taking me out of here. <laughs> you so haven't anyway. lived until you see a kid pulling on their parents when it's, the park is closing. <laughs> or get away from them and start running down Main Street. 
<laughs> if they lock the gates while I'm still here, I get to stay. Well, that's how they get employees. Anyway. Oh, um... <laughs> that is. That's true. That's how they've been able to make such a turn such a profit all these years. Yeah. So it turns out that the lady that Farquaad wants is locked up in a tower and is protected by a dragon. And yeah. he's not going to go and fight the dragon to get her. So he's going to hold a contest to get a champion to go and go fight the dragon. Right. 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 And he's holding this big contest, everyone's there, and then Shrek shows up, and he's like, ooh, you're gross, and he's like, look, I want my swamp back, and he's like, guards, attack him, and then we get a fight scene, and then something happened that I'm sure Steve, oh, yeah. that probably really hurt Steve a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they turned the fight scene into a professional wrestling match. Yep. Yep. And it goes. Why was on that there, by the way? Huh? Why was there a wrestling ring there? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, they tried to pass it off as like it was like a horse pen or something, but it's a very flimsy with padded excuse. turnbuckles, like yeah. all, most horse yeah. horse pens have. And how does Shrek know how to throw a clothesline or do a suplex? Or I, it, uh-huh. it, it, as with so many of the gags in this movie, there's no uh. reason why it would ever happen. Steve, it's, it's just, just a stupid kids movie. You're supposed exactly. to just go along with it. We just thought it would be funny if he hey people like wrestling it's mm-hmm. funny he's wrestling come on lighten up <sighs> anyway so just surprise surprise Shrek beats them all up and Farquaad's like hey I got an idea you Shrek you go get the girl and bring her back here and if you do that I'll give you your swamp back and all the creatures will be gone right Steve yep that's the deal and Shrek says okay yeah fine <laughs> you got it I'll do it and so more walking Oh yeah. Yep. They walk. They walk. They walk through a, a field, like a farmer's field, and uh, they start having this conversation uh, about how you know Sh- uh, Shrek isn't your typical ogre because Donkey says, you know, you you don't act like an ogre, and Shrek says, well, you see, ogres are like onions. We have layers, and I'm gonna beat this metaphor into the ground for the next five minutes. And see? they do. Yeah. And that's what they do. Yeah. Because Shrek is sensitive. He's sensitive and thoughtful. It's around here that my notes on this movie start breaking down, Steve, because I couldn't bring myself to write anymore. I just wrote walking, tower, I'm skipping, fuck it, dragon. (laughs) (laughs) And the writing gets tinier and tinier, like the brother in Crumb, where pretty soon like the entire page is just filled with incredibly tiny, illegible writing. You're like, whoa, he's really starting to lose it. That's a deep pull, isn't it? Anyway... Um, so they get to the tower. Yeah. It's all got lava. Yeah, they have to cross a bridge. They got they cross a bridge, they find a dragon. Yeah. And uh they run away from the dragon, then they fight the dragon, and then Shrek gets thrown into Fiona's tower and the dragon falls in love with Donkey. Yes. And I think tries to rape him. The, maybe. the, the dra- <laughs> yeah, the dragon is is a little pushy. Considering that, bit. considering that Donkey is, is has signaled several times, he's just not interested. Dragon don't, dragon, dragon don't care. No, dragon, <laughs> dragons don't give a fuck. So we find out that Fiona is another one of those gross mannequin things from previously. Yeah, it's yeah. and bad. she's really, she's really attached to the. Uh, 
the the sort of the chapter and verse of how this is supposed to go. No, she's not. You know, she's like, you have to she's, rescue she's me. She's attached to it at the very beginning because the writers didn't know what her character was. <laughs> right. She drops oh, yeah. that shit almost immediately. As soon as she gets out of the castle. But but for the, for now, she's like, okay, you did this wrong. You're supposed to now you're you're supposed to to rescue me through the window, and you're supposed mm-hmm. to you know you're 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 my champion. And also, like, she's blind. She's completely blind. Yeah, because she she doesn't get that he's Shrek an ogre. Shrek has put on some armor. He put on a helmet that barely covers his gross misshapen head, and a couple of shoulder pads, and like gloves that don't even cover up his fingers, which obviously show green fingers. Yeah, and you can see his face, and it's green, and it's not human shaped. <laughs> Maybe she just thought that he was sick. Who gives a fuck? I don't know. Anyway, really. so, um, so they get out. He saves her and then saves Donkey and then get away and then she's like, "Take off your helmet." And he's like, F-. "And then this scene goes on forever. Why does why he just doesn't fucking take off his helmet? I don't know." Right, but because he have- he does he's not supposed to really care at this point. Uh huh. But he finally takes it off and she's like, "Oh, you're an ogre." And he's like, "Yep." <sighs> and they hate each other. Yeah, you know what that means, everybody. It's going to be true love. Yeah, yeah, in every bad movie, when um, a man and a woman hate each other, that means they're going to fucking get married. (laughs) (laughs) Just like in real life. Let's keep pushing that trope down people's throats, shall we? It it doesn't reinforce any unhealthy attitudes about relationships (laughs) at all. (laughs) They're walking... And he's, they're like, we're taking back to Lord Farquaad. And she's like, okay. And uh, night starts to fall. And she's like, oh, I gotta find a place to hide. I mean, sleep. I mean, a cave. Every, everything's goes, fine. She has, like, a secret. And we go, oh, she has a secret. And I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, she turns into an ogre at night. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, like, almost instantaneously. Yeah, well, because you, you know, like, okay, this movie isn't smart enough for this to be anything else. <laughs> That's what it has but, you to know. be. And so then Shrek and Donkey have a heart-to-heart or some shit watching the stars and something. I don't know. Yeah, he's t- well, he's telling him about the constellations. Yeah. And you can- oh, they're bonding. They're making. They're going to be friends. And then we get the implication of masturbation. Yeah, yeah. Because we cut to a scene of Farquaad naked in bed. Yep. And drinking he... a drink, telling the mirror yes. to show him Princess Fiona again. Forcing so the mirror. Jerk his little dick. <laughs> Just jerk it. Just You know that's the implication. Yep. If you're implying it, you might as well fucking show it, DreamWorks. Mm. That poor mirror. Just think of the things that mirror has seen. Fuck the mirror. Fuck everything in this movie. <laughs> I have no sympathy for any of these characters. The mirror should break itself if it's been forced to <laughs> it the throws, slowest point. Throws itself out the window. <laughs> I'm free! <laughs> so now we're walking through forced. Everyone's getting to know each other, I guess. Yep, yep. And then... Oh, here it comes. Someone who looks a lot like Robin Hood shows up, Steve. Yeah. Except there's a teeny tiny little thing. Yeah, he's he's not from the right country, is he? he where, where is he from, Steve? Well, you know, I mean, as most people are aware, no doubt, traditionally, Robin Hood is thought of as, as an English character. I mean, uh, you know, Almost, he's like... Sherwood Forest, like the... Robin Sher- Hood, King Arthur, yeah. Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Who. <laughs> That's, yeah, he's... It, He's he's an English character, you know, Sheriff of Nottingham. Nottingham is an actual place in Britain. Um, 
This Robin Hood, yes, for reasons that escape my understanding, <laughs> is is portrayed as being quite obviously French. Why? Super French. I have no idea. Well, let's break down the possibilities, shall we? Okay. Number one, the writers went, hey, we need to put a pointless scene in here in which there's a fight because nothing's happened. It's just been yes. a lot of walking around and talking. So we need to put a fight in here. Who should they fight? I don't know. Um, robbers. Okay, but that's not really fairy tale-ish. Fine. Robin Hood. Robin Hood's a good guy. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Just put Robin Hood in. Who cares? <laughs> How are we going to make him funny? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Let's uh, make... Yeah. Let's... What's a funny nationality? Robin Hood's French, hit. right? I don't know. <laughs> Sherry's French. We're lucky he wasn't fucking Hindu. They have these people... Oh, God. Ugh. So, yeah, Robin Hood is French. Yes, he is. No explanation. I don't even know if there's an in joke that we don't know about. I neither do I. I it just it <laughs> seems completely random. Anyway, so uh, then they fight, and then Fiona starts fighting everybody, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, she, and she she's really if, good at fighting. Yeah, and then there's a there's a Matrix joke in there. Uh, yeah, a completely pointless Matrix joke that was that was like two years out of date when yeah. they when they released this movie. But you know, whatever. Yeah, but they're still gonna put in a Matrix joke because it's funny yeah yeah sure. it's hilarious yeah, and then course. someone it's... at some point says how did you learn how to fight like that she starts oh well you know when you're in a tower and then something else happens oh that's right shark has a arrow in his butt and i'm like finally yeah. he'll die <laughs> that big a poison arrow come we on never, arrow we come never on arrow here's how lazy the writing is everybody they put in the fight scene to show that fiona can fight and then they had no way of explaining how she could since she's been locked in a tower since forever and so they just decided we're not going to address it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look, arrow in his butt. Arrow in his butt, everybody. <laughs> and she pulls out the arrow after some shtick and Donkey sees the blood on the arrow and faints because uh -huh. that's that because that's funny, too. And then we get something that we haven't been mentioning is that every time they have to walk anywhere or do anything... We get a pop song oh, or yeah. a song montage yep. oh, style. Yeah. Yep, in yep, fact, yep. there's a song that's used in this that makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> oh, I bet I know which one it is, too. Yup! <laughs> I bet I know just the one. It, I, I I blanked it from my... I only see I saw this one time prior, and that's when it came out. Yeah, me too. And I think I legitimately... My brain went, no, this will only hurt you in the long <laughs> run. <laughs> I Yeah, I forgot about it, too. I forgot about it, too. And then when, it, when, when that music cue hits, I'm like, is that? <laughs> oh, shit. Anyways, anyway, so we'll get we there. get another fucking montage of Fiona and Shrek doing stuff together. This is yeah. This is the Fiona and Shrek uh, bonding montage where she yeah. she she gets a spider web and she fills it up with flies and wraps it up and gives it to him like a stick of cotton candy and he eats it. And then uh, he Shrek blows up a frog and ties it off like a balloon. That floats and somehow. And it floats. It's filled yeah, with I, carbon monoxide. But, I you guess know, they or carbon they, dioxide, not monoxide. <laughs> if only it was carbon monoxide. Uh, yeah, and then she does the same thing with a snake and makes it a balloon animal and gives it to him and, and that yeah. floats too because her, floats her lungs are filled with helium <laughs> yeah that's just the way it works i guess 
and they're getting closer together, and then he cooks her some swamp rat, and it turns out she likes gross food, just like him, and it looks like they're going to kiss, and then Donkey shows up, and then it's sunset, and she's got to go in a windmill and hide again, right? Yeah, And yeah. Donkey's like, you love her, and, and he's like, whatever, and then Donkey goes in to talk to her and finds out that <gasps> she turns into an ogre. You, boy, did you call it or did you call it? Yeah. You called um, it. And she doesn't want Shrek to know that she's an ogre because he's he's an ogre. Yeah. I, she, I guess and she assumes that he's she, self-loathing or something. She, yeah. And then, and so when you're a bad writer and you, you want everyone in your show to be a good person, then what you do is you do what they do next. Which is a misunderstanding. Yeah, it's it's just, it's like out of an episode of Three's Company. It is such a hackneyed, hackneyed writing device. Yeah. See, what happens is Fiona is talking to Donkey about how much she hates herself as an ogre, how she finds herself to be ugly, and how could anybody ever love something that looks like this? But it just so happens that right when she's saying that, Shrek is walking up to the door on the outside, and mm-hmm. he overhears her, and he yeah. thinks that she's talking about him. And now he's all mopey and grumpy and sad. Yeah, and he's mopey, mopey and grumpy at Donkey, who they were sharing a bond. And then he leaves that night and go gets Lord Farquaad and he comes back and then he says, oh, I heard everything. And this is where the misunderstanding begins to just keep falling back on itself because it's a tired trope. And fuck me, did they use it? Yeah. I cannot. Anyway, so (laughs) we'll discuss that more in the actual review because I just want to get to the end of this fucking thing. Yeah, we're almost there now. We're we're getting there. Farquaad shows up, he gives him the deed, says goodbye, and we go, oh, and we got rid of all those magical creatures. Where'd they go? I don't know. What do you do with them? I don't know. They're just gone. Fuck it. They probably killed them. I don't know. We killed them all, Shrek, for you. <laughs> Fiona rides off with uh, Prince Farquaad, and uh, Donkey's going along with, with Shrek. Shrek's all butthurt, and he's like, mm-hmm. fuck you. We're not friends. I live alone. Ooh, and what happens, Steve? What happens when we get the next musical montage that's supposed to make us feel things? Well, the the song they have chosen is a song that, that a lot of people have probably heard of. Uh, it's been covered a few times. Originally, it was a Leonard Cohen song, mm-hmm. and it's it's called Hallelujah. <sighs> Who's oh, really, singing it? A really beautiful song. Uh, I believe this version is the John Cale version. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really, really beautiful song. Beautiful song. Beautiful uh, song. Beautiful song. Doesn't really fit in this movie? Nope, or this scene. (laughs) No, not really. Anyway, we cut to a bunch of scenes of Shrek eating alone and Fiona eating alone. Fiona getting ready for a marriage and Shrek just fucking pulling his pud directly into a fireplace. I don't know what happens. He's in a bad place. Shrek is in a bad place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, then Donkey shows up, and he's like, I'm not taking no for an answer or something. Yeah, he's like, I'm here to propel you into the into the climax. Yeah, and then he's like... We couldn't like, think of a plot point, so I'm just going to talk to you. Yeah, we couldn't figure out a way to naturally end the, the <laughs> fucking misunderstanding. So I'm just going to explain it to you, which for some reason I wasn't able to do 20 minutes ago. Earlier... 
Right, yeah. and then everything's fine, and oh, that's right, Donkey met the dragon when everything everyone was being sad, and it turns out Donkey yeah. loves the dragon, I guess. He changed his mind. And so the dragon shows up, because Shrek's like, we gotta stop the, the marriage, because this isn't also a fucking hackneyed plotline. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta run to the, all the thing to stop the woman I love from marrying the guy. Right, Steve? Yeah, oh yeah. So they climb on the back of the dragon and they fly to the castle and then they're in the castle and then they rip, they rip off the marriage scene from the princess bride. <laughs> yes, they do. And Shrek barges in. The dragon eats a bunch of people, I guess. It seems to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shrek barges in. He says, I love, I love you. Farquaad thinks it's hilarious. And uh, Fiona's like, I guess I love you, but I don't think to say it yet, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And then the guards grab Shrek and Fiona, and Farquaad's like, I'm king now, ha-ha! And then Shrek whistles for a, for the plot convenience to show up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the dragon ex machina. <laughs> the dragon busts in through a window, eats Farquaad. Yep, dead. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Everybody applauds because I guess no one liked him. <laughs> and then Fiona and okay, so we we totally glossed over the point of why she turns into an ogre. Turns out a witch casts a spell on her that says, you know, check this out. That love's first kiss will reveal your true form or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, her true form. So, guess what happens? It, 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 it turns out in another. Shocking twist. Yeah. Her true form is not her human form, but nope. her ogre form. Yeah. Didn't Even though she, coming, her, she thinks her she thinks she's ugly in this form. It's okay. How she feels about herself isn't important. What's important is how the person that she loves thinks about her, right? Exactly. You you <laughs> you have to be validated by another person. You can't value yourself. No. So you have to be validated. He's like, I love you, and she's like, I love you. And then we Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go and on. And then we cut to a thing that has polluted CGI cartoons from this oh. point forward. Oh, yeah. It's almost as if DreamWorks couldn't end any of their animated movies without this fucking bullshit. Yep. And it wasn't just them. Other other companies oh, yeah. joined in, too, because they thought, oh, well, that was popular, so I guess we'll put that... We gotta, we gotta end the movie with a bang, with a musical number, with a kapow and a pop song. Yep, it's the big, the big sing-along dance number with all the characters. Inextricably uh, back for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> all of the fairy tale creatures are back somehow, right, Steve? I don't know where they went. I don't know how they came back, but I here guess they Shrek are. Shrek and Fiona are, are married now. And yes. so, what 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 song are they covering? What song is Smash Mouth and Eddie Murphy co- covering for this ending musical number? It's that, what is it? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and say it. It's okay. It's this. It's I'm a Believer by the Monkees. By the Monkees. Yep. Good song. Written by Neil Diamond. Yeah. Um, and that goes on. Yep. They forever. do the whole yeah. song. The blind mice are back. Yep. At some point, Donkey puts on a pair of Ray-Bans. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he's also singing into a microphone. He's singing into a microphone. Uh, There's a cut. There's a scene in which people are doing the Macarena. Yes, there there is. Yes. In 2001. 
I bet there are people who are listening to this who don't even remember what the fucking Macarena is. <laughs> there were people who saw this movie in 2001 who had forgotten what the Macarena was. <laughs> <laughs> and it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And it doesn't end with, oh, and then uh, Shrek and Fiona are riding off in an onion carriage. Get it? Because it ties back to the ogres or have layers or something. I don't know anymore. And yeah, I don't know that's, where yeah. they're going. And they leave. And then the movie ends. And I pick myself off the floor. And I go into the bathroom and smash my head into a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> House Fiona. House Fiona. House Fiona. The end, Steve. The end. It's the end. We made it. We made it. The end. The end. So, Steve. Yes. Tell me how you feel. And you don't have to go in depth. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How you feel about this timeless children's classic. Uh Uh-huh. Shrek. Aw. Okay, so like I said at the beginning, when they when they hit that first music cue and it's Smash Mouth singing All Star. I mean, 20 seconds into the film? 20 seconds into the film. That tells you all you need to know. Clearly, they chose that song because they wanted to set a tone for the movie. They wanted to set audience expectations. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Because if there is a house band for energetic mediocrity... <laughs> It is Smash Mouth. Well, I'll I'll do you one better. That that first scene does represent the entire movie in its entirety. Let's oh, break absolutely. it down. Let's break it down, shall we? Yes. A crass, cynical shit joke mm-hmm. pointed at a rival studio. Yes. Okay. A toilet flushing mm-hmm. in an outhouse. Yeah. Because the audience is too stupid to know what an outhouse is for. Yeah. Doesn't matter that there's no plumbing and no toilet in an house. Yep. That's why it's an outhouse. So you don't shit in your in-house. <laughs> and then cut to a completely banal, catchy pop music soundtrack that has nothing to do with the character, the plot, or anything else. Yep. You only have to show the 30 seconds and you have all of Shrek. Yep, I'm sorry I made it. everyone else watch it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's There's something... Cause see, I'm sorry to interject. Can, no, it's it's because it's you make the point really well. I mean, it, that's the, the number one problem with this movie is that when it goes for those jokes, it does absolutely nothing to ground them in the reality of its story. You can yep. do because you there have been other movies that have done what Shrek seems to be attempting to do and and have done it very well. What 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 Shrek seems to be doing, if we give its creators the benefit of the doubt and we don't assume that it's just, as you said, just a cynical, crass attempt to cash in on a popular form and to and to insult a rival studio. Um they seem to be trying to do like something similar to what The Princess Bride did, where you're doing a send-up of a genre while also telling a story that is a strong example of that genre. Yeah. And that's been done a few times really well. Princess Bride does it pretty well. Galaxy Quest does it pretty well, yep. where you're making fun of it, but you're also doing a really good version of it yourself. And that's... yeah. It's tough to do, but it has been done well several times. And one of the things that makes those examples work 
is that even though they do jokes, even though they they spoof, you know, in Galaxy Quest's case, like science fiction adventure shows like Star Trek and and yeah. and, and for Princess Bride and and nominally for Shrek, uh, fairy tales and fantasy stories, mm-hmm. even though you're making jokes at the expense of those things and you're poking fun and you're making references and you're being kind of cheeky uh, and winking at the audience, Mm -hmm. you're still grounding it in a reality that those characters live in. So you don't have things happening that just make absolutely no sense within the world of the story, but are there because the writers just wanted to riff on something. Like mm-hmm. like the entrance to Lord Farquaad's castle being done up like uh, a line at Disney World yeah. with a turnstile. There's no reason for that to be there in the story. Nope. There's no reason for Shrek's fight scene to turn into a pro wrestling match. Now, in the I will story. say this. Funny gag. Funny gag. Not meant for this story because it makes oh, no sense. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, if, if and there were a couple like that. There were a couple mm-hmm. of gags where if they could, if they would have bothered to write a story that justified that gag, then it it could have worked. Yeah, there are there are there are many gags in this movie that that in a better written movie, there's no reason why they couldn't have been funny, but yeah. they they just throw them out there. They don't mm-hmm. do and and because the movie also expects us to have some kind of rooting interest in the characters. It doesn't work as a spoof either. If they wanted to just do an airplane style movie and just do jokes, 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 then the issue of, well, this doesn't really feel grounded in reality wouldn't be Mm -hmm. that much of a problem because you get, okay, it's a spoof. We're not really supposed to care what happens to the characters. It's just funny and we're just supposed to laugh at the jokes. Shrek doesn't want to do that. Shrek wants to poke fun at the fairy tale tropes but it also wants you to to get engaged in the story and to care about Shrek and to care about what happens with him and Fiona and and to be invested in it. And if you want that to happen and also do those jokes, then you have to find a way of justifying those jokes happening in this story. And they mm-hmm. never bother to do that. Nope. And and that is the to me that's the fatal flaw in the movie. Yes, it's it's really uh, stylistically it's really annoying. Stylistically, they they basically just borrow from things. You know, they have like mm-hmm. the the random slow motion action shots like when he's for no reason for no reason a, in a CG movie yeah and in an yeah. animated CG movie yeah exactly they, it, it makes no sense other than oh people like <clears throat> you know action movies that make a lot of money have these slow-mo scenes so we'll put one of these in ours too you know mm-hmm. um, it doesn't make any sense the gags aren't rooted in the reality of the story and and I mean and you know for people who say like that's sort of the the attempt to critic proof it they say oh it's just a kid's movie you take it too seriously i don't know if i laughed once during this movie i didn't yeah maybe once at at one or two of the background there's one line that i laughed at well see for me there was i i laughed um and it wasn't an out loud laugh yeah, I know. I, it's not like I guffawed at all. I, I, mm-hmm. There was not. There was no line or joke that really that that killed me in the movie. But there was. There's. There's a when when that creepy scene that we were making fun of is Lord Farquaad's masturbation scene where he's mm-hmm. making the mirror show him her picture over and over again. Yeah. When when we enter that scene, the camera's panning across his room, and you see in the background a painting of him and Fiona, and he's mm-hmm. standing on a mound of dirt so that he's <laughs> as tall as she is, and yeah. that that got me. That I chuckled at that. 
But mm-hmm. when when the only laughs the movie is getting is from the throwaway background gags and mm-hmm. the stuff that they're beating you over the head with is not funny at all, that's a problem to me. And if you want to say that people who have this criticism are reading too much into it, that's the people are entitled to their opinions. But to me, if you expect me to laugh at goofy jokes that are clearly poking fun at stuff from outside the story, yeah. but you also want me to be invested emotionally in the journey of the characters, then the jokes have to be tied into the story. You can't just mm-hmm. have, like like we mentioned in, during the, the synopsis, you can't just have, you know, the, the photo booth at Disneyland and it's a Polaroid, like for no reason. That makes no, no sense. And if you want the movie to, to, to get to somebody emotionally, that stuff has to be justified within the story. And they never yeah. bother to do that. So no, nope. it, I, 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 didn't, I didn't care for it. Yeah. My turn. Do it. <laughs> This movie, um, if you're going to write a satire, make it a satire. Just make it a satire. Know your tropes. You mentioned Galaxy Quest. You mentioned The Princess Bride. There are two main things behind those two stories, the differences between um, those two and this one. I'll use Galaxy Quest specifically. The people who were writing the satire had an obvious love for the thing that they were satirizing. Yeah. You have to have that in order to be able to do a satire correctly. Because usually when you love something, you know everything about it. Yeah. Okay. This movie is a satire based almost entirely on hatred. (laughs) Hatred of everything that you are making fun of. So you're like, I fucking hate those Disney movies. Let's make an anti-Disney movie. Okay. Fine. I fully support someone making an anti-Disney movie, just so long as you are an intelligent person who knows what the fuck they're writing about. Instead, they said, let's make an anti-Disney movie. Okay. Do you guys hate Disney? (laughs) (laughs) The producer does, but I mean... (laughs) You pay me enough, I'll hate anything. So this is a surface-level satire. Yeah. In other words... It's whatever the common person on the street would associate with a Disney film. Princesses, magical kingdoms, you know, shit like that, right? (laughs) And they went out of their way to make it the anti-Disney film. Instead of a princess, we're following an ogre. Get it? Because it's ugly. And at some point, someone said, hey, we need to put, like, a storyline in here? Because there's not (laughs) enough here for a movie. We get it. You don't like Disney. Okay, well, what else you got? Oh, let's put in a tired, hackneyed storyline full of some of the laziest writing tricks you can possibly think of to manipulate an audience into actually feeling something for these characters. Rather than getting to know the characters, the characters actually have to say things out loud. Not by their actions, but because they have to say things out loud, right? right. Remember the old, remember the other thing we keep going back to? Show, don't tell. Exactly. In animation, that's what the <laughs> fucking medium is, okay? <laughs> you can show anything. You can show anything. And if you're really good at it, you don't have to have fucking Wally is a, an, an expre- almost completely expressionless robot. <laughs> I understand his motivations infinitely better than anybody else's in this film. Yeah. And you're saying, well, maybe they weren't supposed to have it. Maybe it was just part of the satire. It wasn't because they wanted to make sure that we felt, oh, so happy that Shrek managed to get his ugly ass girlfriend at the end of the movie, that he got the trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what makes what what upsets me about this is is that it feels not only is it badly written not only they're not reaching for low hanging fruit in this film they're picking up fruit off the goddamn ground okay <laughs> and most of it's bad but 
It's badly written. It is poorly designed. It is m- maybe one of the ugliest. Granted, the animation is okay, but and and also it's early CGI animation. I'll I'll cut it a little bit of slack, but it's just there's no sense of style to it. The, it you don't feel like an artist sat down and carefully designed all of the characters, yeah, and that the characters make sense. You know, good people don't don't get good character design. They know it when it's there, and they don't know it, and they they miss it when it's not there. None of these characters are well designed. It's like bare minimum. Draw an ogre. Okay, there we go. Make it green. Got it. Just give it something weird on its head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. And I what what angers me the most, and yes, I am angry that it won the very first Academy Award for Best Full Length Feature Film against Monsters Inc., which yeah. was a story about something. <laughs> and and here is the bigger difference. Take a, if you if you take Monsters Inc. and guess what movie I'm recommending at the end of this, guys? If you Ooh. take Monsters Inc. The final sequence of that movie, when they go into the warehouse full of closet doors is so well done, so imaginative, and much more original. What did we get at the end of this fucking movie? A man trying to stop a woman from getting married. Yeah. And Dragon Ex Machina, who shows up (laughs) to eat a dude who did nothing that deserves to be murdered for. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He killed no one. Nobody. He's a bit of a jerk. Just a little bit. And he wasn't overly tall. He was designed to look a little bit like Michael Eisner. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shocking. And I'm sure Jeffy Kassenberg says, what, he just goes away at the end? No, I want that fucking dragon to eat him. He's dead, you hear me? <laughs> he turns into Capone from The Untouchables. I want him to be dead! I want his family dead! Mm-hmm. So, you know, in 20 years, is this... I mean, it's already aged now. Okay. In another 20 years, are mm-hmm. any of the references that they're making, any of the in-jokes that they're, they're making, any of the songs that are in this goddamn movie, are they going to mean anything to a, to a new, you know, I'm sure to a four-year-old, they'll just watch and go, oh, funny with the farting. But <laughs> anybody else is going to be like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah. It's why we don't have too many pop culture references in movies like, I don't know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't. Especially since there are other people. That, and I think that this is the other thing that I... And, and maybe I'm being spoiled because people say, well, not all CGI has to be, you know, artistic. And I'm like, no, you can be artistic and entertaining at the same time. Okay? You can do both. I, I don't like this movie because it cannot tell a story well. Mm. And the story it chooses to tell us is more derivative than any of the movies that it is satirizing. <laughs> <laughs> The difference is it didn't take the, the 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 tropes from the kid films. It took tropes from adult films. Two people falling in love and then there's a misunderstanding. It's a fucking romantic comedy. That's yeah. what I'm getting at, people. <laughs> you didn't know it was, but it was. It was a fucking romantic comedy. They hate each other at the beginning. They get to know each other. They fall in love and you can't tell each other they're going to fall in love. Then there's a misunderstanding. The bricks of a pride and then they're going to get back together and they're in love. Yay! <laughs> Yep, you got it. So, fuck you, <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> fuck you, I'm not, Shrek. You're not a classic. Go away. Uh, Steve, how do you feel? I, I, uh, I must concur. You, you had me at fuck you, Shrek. 
That would be that would be my blurb if I were a critic. Hey, can we get a blurb for the back of the DVD box? Yeah, how about this? Fuck you, Shrek. And let's face facts. Everyone else says, well, they made four more. Yeah, they didn't have anything else. I mean, yeah, like... The follow-up film to this was Ants. Well, I mean, is Shark that... Tale. Is that really the metric we want to use? They made four more? I mean, they made... How many fucking Hellraisers are we on now? Like, that's not... That means nothing. Yeah. And here's the thing. After watching this, I didn't want to blame DreamWorks or the animators. So I actually found a DreamWorks movie that I really like and watched that to clear my palate. I watched Kung Fu Panda again. Oh. Just to show that there's no hard feelings, right? Just to show that, you know what? They are capable of telling a good story. Yeah. They are capable of telling a story that, you know, when they actually sit down and work, that they're they're capable (laughs) of telling a really good story. When they write a script. Yeah, when they write a script and they have an obvious love for the source material. Yeah. Yeah. They do great things. Not in this movie. (laughs) Steve, recommend something that you like, please. I, I will, actually. You know, we, we mentioned a couple movies already that do... Mine's Monsters, Inc. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> the movies that do similar things <laughs> that what Shrek attempts to do, but do it a lot better. And uh, we, I, I, I mentioned in my review Princess Bride and, and Galaxy yeah. Quest. And those, I, I could recommend either one of those. But I want to recommend another movie that also falls into the same category that hasn't gotten as much attention and maybe isn't quite on the same level as like a Galaxy Quest, but <laughs> but is still pretty good and is still a movie that I that I enjoyed seeing and I think is somewhat underappreciated. And that is the movie uh, from 2007 uh, directed by Matthew Vaughn called Stardust. No. Oh, Jesus. That is, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, as, as I said, underappreciated. That's um, a tricky pill. <laughs> it's uh, it's adapted from a Neil Gaiman book, and mm-hmm. uh, it stars Claire Danes and Charlie Cox, who is better known now as uh, Daredevil on the Netflix Marvel series. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rupert Everett and Robert De Niro mm-hmm. and Michelle Pfeiffer and Ian mm-hmm. McKellen is the narrator. And it gets an all-star cast. It's like a Harry Potter movie without Harry Potter in it. It's just everybody's and in it. And cross-dressing. And yes, and cross-dressing. And um, it's as I say, it's not perfect. Um, it, it, it has it's pretty a, weird. It's, it strikes, <laughs> it strikes a very sort of princess bride esque tone in that it has kind of a weird sense of humor, but it also is trying to tell a story that it wants us to be invested in and to care about. And as I say, I think it's, it's probably a notch or two below the best examples of, of this. It doesn't pull the trick off as, uh, as well as, as some of the other movies we've mentioned, but it has a nice mm-hmm. sense of humor. It's whimsical. It's funny. And, uh, I, I like as I say, I think it's it it doesn't get quite as much appreciation as I think it deserves because it's been kind of it's it it was reasonably successful when it came out. It wasn't like a smash or anything, but it it did okay and it won a few awards. Uh, but it, it's not fairly it's not really all that well remembered. It's only it's it's just uh, just over ten years old now, um, and I think it's a pretty good movie and it's certainly a much better example of how to do this kind of uh, satirize a genre but also embody a genre thing that Shrek just completely fails at. So that's my recommendation. If you didn't like Shrek and you want to see something similar that does a much better job at doing what Shrek failed to do, I say check out Stardust. Mine's Monsters, Inc. I know. (laughs) I know. Hey guys, Monsters, Inc. came out the same year and uh, a little ahead of this movie. Just a little bit. (laughs) And the only thing that warms, that, 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 that lets me know that audiences... 
kind of felt a little bit, not not a whole lot, but pretty much felt the same way, is that <clears throat> Shrek only made about $450 million in the, in the box office. Yeah. Monsters, Inc. made almost $600 million, so it made more money. Yay. That means it's better. <laughs> well, it is better in several different ways, yeah. and, and here are the ways it did. It took something that most, I think, American people are aware of, and that's the idea of there being a monster in the closet. It took that little kernel of an idea and expanded it into a full movie and worked on it and kind of created this whole other world and created this entire, um, you know, this entire economy and this monster world that works on Scream. And and there are some plot points that you're, you, you might go, oh, I know where this is going to go towards the end. Um, but there are a couple of other things that we didn't mention and this is a problem with DreamWorks and the difference between DreamWorks and Pixar, and I'm going to put it in here right now. DreamWorks films like to cast popular actors, voice actors. They like to cast, pop, you know, and this one has Cameron Diaz and, and so on. We love big-name stars in our movies. A big-name star does not mean that they're a good vocal talent. No, certainly not. And the difference between, say... DreamWorks, who loves casting big-name stars and getting mediocre voice talent for their movies, and Pixar is that Pixar casts for what's right for the character. So who we had in Monsters, Inc., we had Billy Crystal, we had John Goodman, and we had, um, why is it that I always forget his goddamn name? (laughs) (laughs) He's a guy, he was in Armageddon. Why is that my pull? You know, the wiry guy. <laughs> oh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, thank yeah, you. Yeah, And Steve Buscemi and a lot of other good character voice actors. And that, there is a world of difference when you get good character voice actors to do the voices for your films. Because then the animators can draw inspiration from the voice work that has been put into it. It actually can guide the way that they're not only animating the character, but how the character looks and behaves within a scene. If you're hiring a lot of these actors, and because they're a big-name star, and they just come in and they read lines for a day, and they invest nothing into it, the actors have nothing to draw upon. And you get flat, lifeless characters with flat, lifeless voices. Or worse, straight actors trying to do wacky voices. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oof. But that's not only the other reason why I enjoy Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. is imaginative, it's colorful, it's bright, it's original, it has in-jokes, but it has in-jokes that are so in that you actually feel proud of yourself for knowing what they were, (laughs) and they don't affect the other people's enjoyment of the film. There's a little throwaway joke. There's a restaurant in Monsters, Inc. called Harryhausen's. When I saw that, I went, yippee for me. I got that joke. Didn't fucking matter to anybody else in the movie. (laughs) And as I mentioned before, their action sequences were much better. They took a premise, they established the premise, and then they played with that premise as it went forward. Yeah. They showed you the possibilities like, oh, this door, when you open it, it goes directly into this room. And then they played with that idea that these doors can be anywhere and you open them and you can... And you can travel around. And even though it had a cute little kid character that doesn't barely talk, boy, do you want to cry at the end of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm recommending Monsters, Inc. If you haven't seen it, how? (laughs) (laughs) I am done, Steve. Yeah. Done. Time for us to move on and chalk 
chalk, throw that right in the goddamn garbage. Where are we going now? Where are we going? Somewhere happy, I bet. Well, Somewhere happy, or did I lose my senses again? It's funny because you know when you uh, when you were talking about Shrek and how if you if you you know sort of strip away all of the the trappings of it plot wise, it's it's basically a bad romantic comedy. Yes. So next time. Um, it's our Valentine's Day show. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, sh- the, no. the, the show goes up around Valentine's, and and our our you know we don't have the best track record when it comes to Valentine's <laughs> Day movies or romantic comedies or romantic comedies, just generally speaking. Um, right. So I I think uh, I think the next movie we're gonna do mm-hmm. in the sp- in the spirit of of the holiday. I love how you're taking this on yourself, even though I told you what we're going to do. <laughs> don't see you're ruining it. You're ruining it. I know, but you're, I don't want people to think that you're the bastard that came up with this. Idea. I'm willing to take that on myself. You're shattering the illusion. The illusion that you're a jerk. Yeah. I'll be the jerk. It's okay. <laughs> Let me be the jerk. Um. Okay, if you want to be the jerk, that's time fine. Okay. Everyone, forget what we just whispered forget, into yeah. our microphone. This is all just inside baseball. This is, you're not. You shouldn't have been listening to this anyway. So that's right. You should feel so guilty for eavesdropping on our private conversation. <laughs> That you should just repress all those memories. All right, yeah, so, you weirdos. What were you doing? I know. <laughs> Who invited you? I, I did. Oh, that's I, right. This we upload this. Sorry, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was sorry, thinking. Everybody. What, <laughs> do you want to keep going? Are you done? I know what's coming. Oh yeah, that's right. You know. <laughs> um, I was thinking that the next movie would be uh, a classic, classic romantic comedy. Okay. Starring um, Audrey. Audrey Audrey Hepburn, and I was supposed and, to maintain the illusion if I have to cue you. And I was I was doing a thing. I didn't forget. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You were so good. I was acting. That was so good. It would convince me. I was acting. Um, and G- George Peppard. Oh, Hannibal. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what jokes we're going to be making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a delightful supporting performance by Mickey Rooney. Of course, what else could I be talking about but the film of <sighs> Breakfast at Tiffany's? You're such a jerk, Steve. I How know. dare you make us watch this movie? I know. It's all my fault. Because of me, now you have to all go watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's right. It's not like I forced him to do it and now he's taking the burden upon himself to be the jerk. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's okay. I'm starting to think the audience hates me for what I make them do. <laughs> oh boy, breakfast is Tiffany's. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be great. Don't we? Don't we alternate between a good movie and a bad movie? Uh, We've never sometimes. had a good movie streak, have we? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to get on but one of those this year. We, we keep we... having bad movie streaks all over the place. <laughs> we need to get on a good movie streak at some point. We're in a new year now, you know. Or we're just going to start burning down theater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no more movies. This must stop. I'm going to destroy the universe. That's right, yes. everybody. So, before the next podcast drops, uh-huh. go out. <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't make them go out and watch <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's me, Jason, your trusted friend, who's also told you to go watch Showgirls, <laughs> Heaven's Gate. When are you people going to get that he only wants to hurt you? <laughs> okay, well, that's it. For late seating, 
This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. Man, that was annoying. <laughs> that out of all the lines, from the, that's what the one you pulled. That's what Fiona that, says when she punches out Robin Hood. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. That's the line you pulled for this movie. Yes. And that's how badly written it is. The line, yes. man, that was annoying, was supposed to be a punchline to a joke. I know. <laughs> it's not a good movie. <laughs> I hurt. I, I, I honestly hurt after this. I really do. We need to We need to see somebody. Couples therapy or yeah, something. Yeah, there, there needs to be some sort of intervention. One of the other... Our, the other the, the hosts of one of the other movie podcasts has to We need has to go to see who us. they're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> who did... Who did... <laughs> who do those god-awful movie guys talk to? <laughs> who did uh, Roger Ebel and Jeans... Who did they see? Yes. Who is that? Else? There has to be a therapist in Chicago who has, you know... Could you imagine the therapy session with both of them sitting across a desk from a therapist? <laughs> Especially as, when they disagreed. As the therapist is, you know, making a hangman's noose. No, please, continue. <laughs> yes, tell me more please, about why you... Just continue to insult each other's taste and... Uh, <laughs> and how they dress. And <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me once again, Gene, why you had to spoil the twist of the crying game on television in order to review the film. Please tell me more about that. Yeah, we'll go see them. All right. I don't think our relationship is good for each other. <laughs> I was so much happier before we started doing this show. This is just supposed to be happy movie pal around time, and it's turned into something dark and awful. Yeah, you know, if you wanted me, if you wanted me to do another line from the movie, there's there's another just crackerjack bit of dialogue that I could okay, I could have ended. It. I could have said, you know what? Maybe there's a good reason donkeys shouldn't talk. <laughs> now that that is solid gold comic writing right there. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.